Please repeat after me. God loves you, and so do I. It is so good to be here in this fifth Sunday in Lent to celebrate not just Lent, but also the occasion in which the installation takes place and our ministry officially uh, gets kicked off. Um, it is so good to, to be in this place and to be surrounded by love and to, to be given the opportunity to love you back. Thanks for being here. Um, I also want to welcome uh, the Reverend Jonathan Conrad, who's the senior pastor at St. Paul's and also serves as the dean of the Eastern Carolina, be, the Heaven Conference is what we call it, Paradise Conference, right, of the, the North Carolina Synod. Um, and then also, of course, we welcome Pastor Bill Milholland, uh, not only my predecessor and your former pastor, but a, a very special friend, a very gifted friend and his spouse, Susan, of course. And I'm so excited to have my family here, um, Sarah, who many of you have already met, um, my oldest, Micah, whom none of you have met, um, Elijah, who's been here a couple times, my youngest, Jonah, who's my middle son, whom you've not met, and uh, another young man that's been with my family since they were wee tiny little, Thomas, who I consider to be part of the family, especially since he looks like a disciple. <laughs> right, Thomas? <laughs> oh, it is so good for you to be here, and I also want to, uh, to recognize that our, the staff has, has surrounded us as well. Uh, we've got Diana, of course, who uh, brings the, the magic of music into our um, worship space, and Rhonda is here somewhere. I saw her come in. There she is, and, and her mother, of course. It's good to see you, and Guy Beal. Um, thank you all so very much for being a part of this wonderful, um, this wonderful celebration. Uh, just a remind that following worship, we have a, a potluck over in the, the ministry center, and all are welcome to that. I think there's going to be plenty of food from what I've seen, uh, so please just consider making your way following worship to the ministry center to enjoy a meal together. Let us prepare our hearts and our minds to worship our great God this great day. should know this one. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Gracious God, have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from you and given ourselves into the power of sin. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things we have done and things we have failed to do. Turn us again to you and uphold us by your spirit so that we may live and serve you in newness of life. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace let us pray to the Lord. Lord for the peace from above and for our salvation let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, and for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, 
Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. us all from sin and death. Breathe upon us the power of your spirit, that we may be raised to new life in Christ and serve you in righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Let us continue with the reading of the first reading from Ezekiel. A reading from Ezekiel. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O oh Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with, sin, with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live. And I will place you on your own soul. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Dry bones now hear the word of the Lord. 
from Romans. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. Word of God, word of life. Thanks, Thanks be to God. gospel according to John. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then, after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble, because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble, because the light is not in them. After saying this, he, said, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Mar Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, 
while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. This is the gospel of our Lord. It is my pleasure being here at Lutheran Church of Reconciliation and to celebrate with you this very special day. I've had the honor and pleasure of being Pastor Jeffrey's friend for almost 15 years. And I'm very excited about Pastor Jeffrey's vision for ministry and what that will look like here at Elcor. Am I allowed to say Elcor? Or is that just a, okay, just checking. All right. And now uh, let me ask Pastor Jeffrey and all of you, the members, a question. Where will you go? Where will you go? A while back, I was driving on Shipyard Boulevard and just turned onto Independence Boulevard when all of a sudden the traffic stopped. Both lanes. No one was moving. At first, I thought there was an accident, but I didn't see one. But then I remembered where on Independence Boulevard I was. This was at the corner of Independence and Shipyard. If you are familiar with that area, it is famous for three things. Pumpkin patches, Christmas trees, and geese. Lots of geese. And on that particular day, traffic had stopped due to geese. Now here's the strange thing. I assumed it was a big flock of geese crossing the road but it wasn't a flock of geese. There were two of them. Just two of them. And they could not decide which way to go. <laughs> One wanted to go back towards a nearby pond, and the other wanted to cross the entire boulevard. So they decided to have this debate on Independence Boulevard. Now, I could tell they were arguing because I happened to speak geese and knees, so I can tell you that this was a heated argument. But 
this was the most amazing thing I had seen in a long time, which probably shows to you I, I really need to get out more often. But I and the other drivers just sat in our car in stunned silence, waiting to see who would win the argument. And when the only honking you hear in a traffic jam is coming from two animals, it's a special moment. But finally, finally, they came to a decision and decided to walk across the boulevard, and life returned to normal. I was so happy. I, for some reason, I began singing Onward Christian Soldiers for no reason. But like I said, I know I need to get out more often. But seeing this debate play out between these two geese got me thinking. It got me thinking that now that we are installing Jeffrey as your new pastor, as a congregation, where will Elcor go? A new pastor means a new start, a fresh start. Now, I know Pastor Jeffrey has been here for a short time, and you are still getting to know one another. By the way, I saw someone in the, in the parking lot that had a Baltimore Ravens decal. Are you... Have you had a discussion with them yet about that? Yes. I know it's off-season, okay, but, you know, try to behave, all right? So you all are still trying to get to know one another, but today, today marks a change in your relationship. Today is when your relationship becomes a partnership, and it becomes real. Because today, all of you, including me, are making a covenant. Theologian George Mendehall defines covenant as an agreement that's ratified between two parties in which one or both make promises under an oath to perform or refrain from certain actions stipulated all in advance. And you can find plenty of covenant stories in the Bible such as God and Noah, God and Abraham, God and the people through the Ten Commandments, and in those stories, it is God who makes the promises. It is God who makes a covenant with his people. In our first lesson, we get another covenant, once again made by God. And it could not have come at a better time. Actually, our first lesson and gospel share a lot in common, mostly around the theme of death and resurrection. By the time the book of Ezekiel is written, God's people have suffered a lot of loss. They have lost their land. They have lost their temple. They have lost their monarchy. All those things were promised by God, and now all those things have been either taken away or destroyed. Once again, the people find themselves in exile, the wilderness. They are trying to figure out where God is in the middle of all this death and destruction. Just like in our gospel where the people are wondering where Jesus is while his friend, Lazarus, is dying. I'll get to Jesus in a moment, but I want to focus on what God does to respond to his people's needs. In Ezekiel, God's response comes in two parts. The first part is God sending Ezekiel to share oracles or visions that explained that it's the people who are the ones at fault for all that happened. They had disobeyed God. They had fallen in love with money, wealth, power. They had forgotten to take care of the poor, the needy. And they had forgotten the promises that they made to God. Luckily, God did not forget his promises to the people. And then the second half of Ezekiel is filled with consolation and promise. And that is where the Valley of Dry Bones comes in. The dry bones represent the people in exile. They feel like dry, hopeless, exhausted people who are once again in a foreign land. But that foreign land, that wilderness, is not where God leaves them. And once again, God makes a promise. Listen to all the things that God will do. I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and I will cause flesh to come upon you, and I will cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. God has not left the people to die. God has come to give his people life. And God goes on to promise 
I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act. So besides life, God is placing the spirit in them, in their bodies, in their souls, and in their hearts, so that wherever the people go, God is with them. And God does not stop with the promise-making and the promise-keeping. What does Jesus say when he comes upon Martha and then Mary? Your brother will rise again. Jesus does not say your brother might rise again. He says your brother will rise again. And at the end, when Jesus says, unbind him and let him go, I have always believed, and I've come to believe this for a long time, that when Jesus is saying that, he's not just saying it to the people, the crowd. That Jesus is saying this to sin and death, the devil. Unbind him, let him go, and all that the devil can do is obey. That is the voice of God at its most powerful, and that is the voice of God that makes promises. Promises made and promises that are kept. When God promises to do something, God does it. And one thing you can learn about God in the Bible and God in our lives, God continues to make and keep promises. Promise that, promises that will strengthen us when we are weak, promises that will lead us when we are lost, and promises that will love us when we feel hated. During an installation service, there are promises made. Promises made by Pastor Jeffrey and promises made by you, the Elcor community. I ask you, I implore you. Jeffrey, can you stand up for a second while I say this? I ask all of you, please, support Pastor Jeffrey. Love him, just as he will come to love you. And in a matter of months, you will grow from members and pastors to friends, family, and a family of faith. You, you may sit down now. And make sure whatever you do is to strengthen this family of faith. But more importantly, that God's love is made known in and out of these church walls. So where will you go, Lutheran Church of Reconciliation? Where will you go? Because the church, and that's what the capital C, of 2023, it's not the church of 1983, 1993, 2003, 2013, and not even 2020. We as a church need to think differently. We need to remember our past but not dwell in it. We need to look to the future but not be blinded by it. And we need to be in the present but not stuck in neutral like two geese in the middle of a busy road. It is a different church, but it is still the same God. The same God making and keeping the same promises that will move you in the right direction. Amen.
Let us confess to one another and the world the truth of our baptismal faith. We believe, we believe in, in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven and was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He is seated into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Having been authorized by the church to install Jeffrey Engel, our co-worker in the gospel as pastor, I now ask for certification of this call. Ask the congregation to stand. After prayerful deliberation, we of Lutheran Church of Reconciliation have called Pastor, Pastor Jeffrey Ingold as pastor. I present him and this letter certifying his call. A reading from John. Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. A reading from Matthew. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And a reading from 1 Timothy. Set the believers an example in speech and conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Attend to the public reading of scripture, to exhorting, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you through prophecy, with the laying on of hands by the council of elders. Put these things into practice. Devote yourselves to them, so that all may see your progress. Pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Continue in these things, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Jeffrey Engel, in the presence of this assembly, will you commit yourself to this new trust and responsibility in the confidence that it comes from God through the call of the church? I will, and I ask God to help me. Will you preach and teach in accordance with the Holy Scriptures and with the confessions of the Lutheran Church? Will you carry out this ministry in harmony with the constitutions of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America? I will, and I ask God to help me. Will you be diligent in your study of the Holy Scriptures and in your use of the means of grace? Will you love, serve, and pray for God's people, nourish them with the word and sacraments, and lead them by your own example in faithful service and holy living? I will, and I ask God to help me. Will you give faithful witness in the world that God's love may be known in all that you do? I will, and I ask God to help me. Almighty God, who has given you the will to do these things, graciously give you the strength and compassion to perform them. Amen. 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 Would you please rise as able? People of God, will you receive Pastor Jeffrey Ingold as a messenger of Jesus Christ, sent to serve all people with the gospel of hope and salvation? We will. And we ask God to help us. Will you pray for him? Help and honor him for his work's sake 
and in all things strive to live together in the peace and unity of Christ. We will, and we ask God to help us. Jeffrey, the office of pastor now committed to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, make you complete in everything good, so that you may do God's will, working in you that which is pleasing in God's sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. You have been called to be among us to baptize, to teach, and to forgive sin. You have been called to proclaim the good news. You have been called to be among us to, to preside at the Lord's Supper. People of God, I present to you Jeffrey Ingold, your pastor. Let us welcome him in the name of Christ. By the way, they clapped on their own. It wasn't on the screen. It wasn't. No, it was not. No. Unprompted. Right, exactly. As has become customary at Lutheran Church of Reconciliation, I would like to call upon former Pastor Bill Milholland to come forward at this time. It's no secret to any of us in this work that this is not a sprint, it is a marathon. Amen. And we can only go as far as God tells us to go, and after that, it's time to turn the reins over to someone else to pick up and carry uh, the load, to share the joy and spread the love. And so as this is a long time race, I want to share with you what was shared with me, uh, Pastor Dan Warnes, who preceded me, and by Pastor Larry Myers, who preceded Dan, to pass this baton for the continued leadership of ministry here at Reconciliation. Uh, Susan and I give this to you with our love, our support, and our prayers. May God bless you. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Amen. Thank you. Continue with the prayers of intercession. Sustained by God's abundant mercy, let us pray for the church, the world, and all creation. You have breathed into us the breath of life. Enliven your church. Deepen our partnerships with our companion churches around the globe. And bless the work of missionaries who accompany them. Merciful God, hear our prayer. Your spirit brings to life creation, enliven the natural world, and restore ecosystems in need of healing. Uplift prophetic voices that turn us to the needs of the soil beneath our feet and the air all around us. Merciful God, receive our prayer. You redeem the world and its people. Free us from systems of oppression. Unbind nations and societies from the sins of racism, sexism, and homophobia. Raise up leaders at all levels of government who work to promote the dignity of every human life. Merciful God, receive our prayer. You weep when we weep. Be present with those who grieve or who are troubled by illness especially Shirley, Shirley John, John, Alberta, Alberta Paul, Mary, Mary Lou, Lisa, Lisa Ron, Ron, Carolyn, Marshall, Carolyn, Carolyn, Peter, Georgia, Bob, Anna, Gabe, Davis, Rita, Brielle, Amanda, Anne, Vicki, Mary Ann, Steve, Maureen, Steve, the Burnett family, Costello family. And for all whom we name aloud or in the quiet of our thoughts. You hear us when we call to you. 
Deliver from us the depths of our despair and free us from the worries that bind us. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Your spirit of life dwells in our assembly. Bless the music ministries of this congregation and all who lead us in hymns of praise and thanksgiving and in songs of lament and prayer. Merciful God, receive our prayer. You are the resurrection and the life. Even though we die, we will live. Thanks, with thanksgiving, we remember all your saints who now live in your eternal love. Merciful God, receive our prayer. We lift our prayers to you, O God, trusting in your steadfast love and your promise to renew your whole creation through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. Let us share Christ's peace with one another.
as we present them in faithful service for the sake of your gospel. Prepare our hearts to receive you in this meal as you pour out your very presence through Jesus Christ, the wellspring of eternal life. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast. Renew our zeal in faith and life and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Blessed are you, O God of the universe. Your mercy is everlasting, and your faithfulness endures from age to age. Praise to you for creating the heavens and the earth. Praise to you for saving the earth from the waters of the flood. Praise to you for bringing the Israelites safely through the sea. Praise to you for leading your people through the wilderness to the land of milk and honey. Praise to you for the words and deeds of Jesus, your anointed one. Praise to you for the death and resurrection of Christ. Praise to you for your spirit poured out on all nations. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. With this bread and cup, we remember our Lord's Passover from death to life as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. O God of resurrection and new life, pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on these gifts of bread and wine. Bless this feast. Grace our table with your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Reveal yourself to us in the breaking of the bread. Raise us up as the body of Christ for the world. Breathe new life into us. Send us forth burning with justice, peace, and love. Come, Holy Spirit with your holy ones of all times and places, with the earth and all its creatures, with sun and moon and stars. We praise you, O God, blessed and holy trinity, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Come and receive Jesus, our strength in the wilderness. Thanks be to God.
Embodied God, at your table, we have tasted the goodness of Jesus. With the eyes of our hearts open to your promise, empower us to hear the needs of our neighbors and touch the world with your love. Amen. Amen. God, the giver of love, Christ, the resurrection and the life, and the Holy Spirit of rebirth, bless you in this Lenten journey.
So, picture this. Alcor, 2022. We're coming out of the pandemic. People are coming back to church. We have all these great things. And then, bam, we lose our secretary, our music director, and our beloved minister, all in one swell bell swoop. So, Pastor. The swinging of those arms is probably. Fun. That's exactly <laughs> sent him away. <laughs> um, so, Pastor Nick, God sent Pastor Nick to us to lead us, to guide us. People came back to the church, he grew attendance. We had a fabulous call committee that searched diligently. And Pastor Nick, on his very first day here, his very first sermon, at the end of his sermon said, God is at Elcor, great things are happening, and how true that has proved to be and continues to be. So our call committee found Pastor Jeffrey, who meets every one of the things, our missions for our church. So we certainly want to remember him today on his installation because God in his wisdom guarded, granted, and called you at this time, at this place, to care for his people. And as Pastor Jeffrey says, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. So welcome home. To Pretty heavy, so I'll have it available to us over in the uh, ministry center so you can take a look at that and the baton, which has some intriguing writing on it. Please join us in uh, as we further our celebration as a luncheon gathers in the ministry center. Um, Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. Let us in this food be blessed for thy love's sake. Consider it blessed. You may depart in peace. Go in, sir. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.